am sick of sleeping with these insipid Manhattan debutantes. Ah! Nothing shocks them anymore. Well, you can relax. I have a mission for you. Why I plan to wait by Annette Hargrove. Paradigm of chastity and virtue. Introduce her to your world of sex, drugs, and what else do you do? She's young, supple. She'll be my greatest victory. You don't stand a chance. Care to make a wager on that? If I win, then that hot little car of yours, mine. And if I win? I'll give you something you've been obsessing about ever since our parents got married. Happy hunting, Sebastian. Ciao. Do you think you could arrange a little get-together? Hmm. Don't think this isn't going to cost you. God, you're beautiful. Boldly go where no man has gone before. People shouldn't experience the act of love until they are in love. Do you mind if I take my new car for a ride? I can't win with you. It's not about winning, Sebastian. Will you stop? It's okay, you can laugh. She's really getting you, isn't she? I'm completely infatuated with her. We're destroying an innocent girl, you do realize that. You're just a toy, Sebastian. Get it together. Let me know when you do. I thought we were just gonna be friends. Is she for real? Stop it. In the game of seduction, there is only one rule. Why can't we be together? Because I don't trust myself with you. Never fall in love. Are you in or are you out? Quite the predicament you're in. Cruel intentions. My advice is to sleep with as many people as possible. <laughs> when you get mouths on it, that's where you get a damp third. Welcome to Recap and Gown, the podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not too much, man. I bought these uh, special beer cooler things. You, you, oh, you yeah, I know it, like, These are fantastic where have they been all my life they're a little pricey but they've kept this beer cold um i think i tested it the other day and up to two hours it was still like cold yeah. from the fridge is, so it, is there's a you just fit tall boys or just like a 12 ounce can i got the 16 ounces because i don't go. fuck around that's right baby that's right. wait mm-hmm. are they the coasters the uh, coasters yeah yeah yeah, yet, yeah. Uh, i got the i got i i paid a premium for the yeti and I'm all about that. Dave. Hey, Yeti. Uh, <laughs> We're looking for yeah. Yeah, Yeti, if you want to sponsor us, we will talk about your product all day long. I've got a little jingle. Yeah. We'll do a whole thing. Um, yeah. uh, also joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas two-step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Hey, guys. Um, excited to talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. You're, it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, rounding out the two-step, this podcast chief pottery and trivia correspondent in the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? 
Not much. Um, this morning I watched the, I don't think it's called the Free Britney documentary, but that's what I'm calling oh. it. And... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's on my list. I, <sighs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable watching that. I feel her life is a shambles. We were not great in the late mm. 90s and early aughts to no. young ingenues. I mean, if um, we're being honest, it's a wonder she's still alive. Like yes. that could that could have ended very tragically. Both she and Amanda Bynes are truly survivor stories. Like they could have been smithereens by now. Lindsay mm-hmm. Lohan too. It's just it is. Yeah. Again, yeah. They're not, they're not nice to starlets. So we fucking around for a while there. But segue. Yeah. Speaking of starlets, what movie are we talking about this week? Big sis. Uh, what is it about? And where can we watch it? Yeah. So we are watching Cruel Intentions from 1999. Um, This is actually the original episode that Dana appeared on, um, but we were bad then, and so we didn't hear it. (laughs) I think I was great. So this was great. Dana was a star. Edit my bits. Just put that together, and we could release that. If you guys have seen um, The Last Dance, remember that first season that Jordan played with the Bulls, and it was like him and a bunch of dudes who were like, "What is a basketball?" That was basically what that episode was like for us mm-hmm. <laughs> but Carter this one over here. but don't analogy. worry listeners this one is gonna be pre- this one is gonna be a much better rendition so, so. um be sure to get yeah be sure to get your re- reviews in on this mm-hmm. um so you can watch this on hbo max amazon prime I had to pay for it i'm annoyed but mm. whatever mm. um probably some other things but that's where i saw it so rotten tomato synopsis uh, Annette unwillingly becomes a pawn in Sebastian and Catherine's deliciously diabolical wager of sexual conquest when she writes an article in Seventeen magazine about how she intends to stay pure until she marries her boyfriend. Mm. However, Sebastian gets more than he bargained for as he attempts to woo Annette into his bed. Oof. I mean, well, yeah, that's that's accurate. I just I don't like the deliciously diabolical that. I like alliteration. I don't like that alliteration. I mm. think that describes this whole thing so perfectly. Um, but an alternate review, which as I was um, perusing Rotten Tomatoes, I had to pull this out, <laughs> is this top critic, Christy Puchko. Sure. She says, she says, this is her review. 20 years later, you can see the charm that made Witherspoon a star, appreciate Blair's comedic splendor, and recognize that Philip. <laughs> okay, you guys, the first was, time this uh, big sis thought that his name Philippe, was Ryan Phillips. Philippi. Philippi. Ryan Phillips. And recognize, wait, I have to finish this. And recognize that Ryan was handsome and is also in this movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's accurate. That's, that's some good. shade, but uh, okay. yeah, that's wow. Fair. All right, Christy, off the top rope. Uh, Dan- also, oh. I do not Blair. I do not think um, Blair's has comedic splendor. Oh, I I she did topic. some funny. She did we'll, some funny. We'll talk about it. I thought she was. I thought she was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Dana, yeah. you want to let us know who is in this movie? Yes, I'm gonna run through this quickly. Um, seven people. Sarah Mich- <laughs> yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller is Catherine. Ryan Phillippe is Sebastian. Reese with a spoon is Annette. There it is. Salma Blair is Cecile. Louise Fletcher, you know, second time around for her, is Helen Rosemond. 
Joshua Jackson is Blaine. Eric Mabius is Greg. Patrick Sean Patrick Thomas is Ronald. Swoozy Kurtz is a therapist. Christine Bransky is just amazing as Bunny. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Tara Reed and uh, the less famous uh, O'Connell Charlie. Pops oh. Up in this. Okay. I, you know, when I see Swoozy Kurtz, I wonder if Swoozy is short for Swoozan. Like is her is her what? Swell. Suzanne or Swell? Sue Ellen. Sue Ellen. Suzanne. God, Swoozy. That's a that's a choice she's making there. Um, let's uh, let's go around the horn here and give some memories of the first time that we saw this. If it was before the pod, Dana, let's get started with you. Um. So this, I don't remember the first time I saw it, but big fan of this movie in high school um was a huge sarah michelle geller fan from like mm-hmm. buffy and her days on all my children as kendall susan lucci's horrible um but yeah so loved like watched it all the time in high school big big fan formative maybe i don't know just watched it a lot i hope not and this should not be formative <laughs> for anyone um big sis memories for you yeah like dana i don't remember the first time i saw it but i remembered that like everyone was talking about it especially certain scenes like the kiss in the park etc yeah and it was something that when i saw it i like at the time was just very outside the box i may not have seen it until like late high school knowing my my parents um yeah but anyway i I just remember like always going back to it always really liking it so um and when we watched it i hadn't watched it in a really long time until we watched it again that last time before Mm -hmm. um the practice pod yeah yeah the lost episode that uh will be lost forever uh dave memories of the first time you saw this Nah, I don't know. It All may right. have, I, I think it, I think it may have been the first time when we did the first podcast. I think because okay, I, I I remember the kiss, MTV Movie Awards, so on and so forth. Um, just don't think I ever got around to actually seeing it anywhere. Um, that's a little bit surprising. Yeah. This is a, a horny movie, and this is right up your alley at the uh, at the time. I feel like what was it? Thirteen, fourteen years old. So yes, yeah, right yeah. up, right up, right, right up the horny alley. Mm-hmm. Horny yep. Dave. Yeah. Um, that's an alley. <laughs> that's, that's an alley no one needs to go up. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I saw this in the theater, which means I for sure snuck into it. Um, I don't have a clear memory of who I saw it with. Um, we used to sneak into movies all the time back in the day. Like we'd do that thing where you'd buy a ticket to like Austin Powers or whatever, and then pull a whole Mission Impossible move and like ninja our ways into an R-rated movie. It's weird looking back on that because we were like a bunch of 14-year-olds who were really scared that a 17-year-old part-time worker was going to like tackle us in the hallway and call the cops or whatever. But um, yeah, for sure, I remember seeing this in the theater and probably thinking it was like borderline porno for the most part. Um, the only clear memory I have from before we watched it in the lost episode was Catherine's, I'm going to call it a coca fix. Um, I was like the only thing that I recall from the movie was her coke filled crucifix the ah coca fix i'm like what the fuck there is it is oh, okay yes yeah. coca fix dana looked real confused um i don't understand yeah so that not a lot of memories outside of that and obviously the kiss because you know i was also a horny 14 year old like dave um let's see if this made the grade or show you gotten held back for us dana you want to kick it off so 
I think I said this last time, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> I think the movie makes the grade. Are there questionable elements? You're Aww. damn right. Mm. But I thought about this today, and there's two things I wanted to say. Cruel intention walked. So the OC, Gossip Girl, Skins, and Euphoria could run, jump, and blow up in our faces. Very accurate. Um, and I think it's best if you forget that they're teenagers and think of it more as like a nighttime soap. We don't do nighttime soaps anymore. Like think about really like Melrose Place. Like we do doctor shows and firefighter shows and yeah. all of the Chicago things on NBC. I would now. I would argue that Grey's Anatomy is a nighttime soap. But there's it's doctors, nothing though. There's, there's nothing about doctors. Well, but well, you know we have we have reality TV now for that. Like Real Housewives is just a nighttime soap. I want a scripted <laughs> nighttime soap. And like I was watching it going like, oh, I miss this kind of conniving, meddling. Yeah. And you can only get it on teen shows. And then there has to be some sort of element of supernatural. Thank you to Vampire Diaries, guys. I haven't talked about it in a while. So I had, to, I had to bring it in. You know what was good? There was a show called Filthy Rich that was on Fox for a little while there with Kim Cattrall. It was- I heard. I mean, it was, it, they, they ran like a, a mega church, but it was a nighttime soap. And they canceled it right when it started getting good. So, oh. bummer. Well, but that was, that I think was this good. movie, I like it. Just don't think of them as children or teens. Yeah. Yeah. Think of them, they're just lounging around all day because they're very rich and they run companies that make money and they just don't need to work. So there that's... you go. It's succession. Um, yes. Big yeah. sis, make the grade or should they have held this back? Definitely made the grade. Um Honestly, like I was more excited to see it the first time rewatching it as an adult because I like very like very much forgotten all, all the little twists and turns. Um, so watching it the second time was like a little less um, kind of exciting or like uh, you know mm-hmm. brought less memories about. But I would say it made the grade. I would say like B. Okay, all right. That's that's a solid grade, uh, Dave. How about you? I mean, rich people doing bad things because they don't have anything better to do. I mean, come on. What mm-hmm. else could you possibly want? So I'd say a B as well. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of offensive shit in here. Um, that's just, just, you just have to go back in time and be like, in 99, yeah, people said things like that all the time and it was just okay. It's the way that it was back then. But uh, not bad. There were some solid performances here. And uh, yeah, Summer Blair sometimes made me laugh with her with some of the things that she did yeah so yeah yeah. so this is like a hard call for me um the movie itself isn't horrible to quote dana but uh i wish it was never made i will say that um my wife well i'll explain my wife and i are in the middle of a laguna beach slash the hills rewatch um we are i think we're in season like nearing the end of the first season of the hills and like one of the things that strikes me the most um, when I watch those shows is how incredibly low the stakes are to everything happening. Like there's nothing serious that ever happens. It's all very low stakes drama. And like I'm used to modern reality TV where everything feels so huge and dramatic. And like these fools are arguing over whether somebody chipped in enough for like a charity fashion show or like whether you <laughs> lied about hanging out at some girl's house before you came to dinner at my house. Like that's the, the, mm. the layer of their arguments, like the, the peak that it gets to. And I think my problem with this movie was the tone. Like nothing about any of these people, except for poor, poor Cecile, felt like I was watching high school students. Um, 
it would have made a lot more sense if they were like corporate titans in their 40s trying to like destroy one another in the press or something like Dana was saying like this is yeah. not these don't that. if you forget they're high school students then yeah it's better uh i have to but get like okay, but 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 this is based off of a very old french movie dana or movie um dangerous liaisons and so yes. like back in the 1800s being like 17 and 18 was being an adult Oh, I get that. You were dying at like 30 from typhoid. Like, I understand yeah. that things were different back then. But Married at 14, dying starting at 25. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty I just kind of feel like what you do then is you just age the characters up to like 24, 25. Nothing mm. about this, this movie had to be high school based. Um, you could find something else for Annette's dad to do. Instead of him being the headmaster, he's Sebastian's new boss. Same fucking movie. I just kind of felt like um, I had a really hard time watching these people currently seeing a show full of 17-year-olds. And, oh, you guys are 17. This is a 17-year-old's act. Like, no, 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 no. These are like grown, jaded, scarred, broken people, not people who were in middle school three years ago. Like that, I couldn't. But that help. also kind of makes it fun. I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel though? like I like this. And this is your time. I shouldn't be yeah. talking. No, it's um, it's fine. I just the 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 tone was way off for me for what any teenager, even like the OC, the drama on that show, pretty fucking low stakes, fun show, but low stakes drama. I, I don't know. I think I said this. Well, I don't know why I keep referencing it. No one else has heard it but the four of us. Um, but when I watched this, like, originally, I am a kid from Jersey, from the Burbs. I think I just thought, like, this is what city kids are like. The private schools and money. And, That's fair. Oh, it's, it's so, like, so I just assumed, I was like, this is what it's like up there. I feel bad for these kids on, like, the Upper East Side. So I, yeah, like, yeah. did Gossip not Gossip Girl is a documentary. I get it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, do we have any fun facts before we get into our recap here? Wait, can I give you a fun fact about Laguna Beach? Fuck yes. 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 Can. Sure. Is it about wait. Jason, that piece of shit? No, well, I have two fun facts. One <laughs> of, uh, someone that was in my sorority was like tangentially like on Laguna Beach and you can see her in the background. Oh, that's fun. Um, but the thing I learned this weekend is that the uh, Janet Jackson's Super Bowl Nipplegate mm-hmm. ruined what Laguna Beach was originally supposed to be about. So the what? it was originally supposed to take place at the high school and like film kids like final year in high school journey of like getting into colleges and like would have provided scholarship money and all this kind of stuff. But the parents felt very uncomfortable about having MTV film their kids at school all the time. They're already kind of apprehensive. And then when the MTV produced halftime show exposed the nipple to the world, they were like, we're not doing this. MTV you cannot film at the high school so then they turned it to whatever kids wanted to be on it and that's why you never see them at school nothing's ever filmed on campus and it became like a very different show yeah I you know we we um my wife and I watch a whole lot of reality tv like a lot and we were looking back this is the first one that's not about anybody famous this is the original like reality show where we're just going to make people into reality figures and you can tell because they have a disclaimer at the start of each episode which is like this is not scripted this is real stuff <laughs> here people um yeah. so yeah I, I 
you know, the, you see them at graduation, but yeah, and at prom, but that is the only time, and it's not at their school. I'm not sure where that. Yes. Grad- Neither of those things. Like by the beach, boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. It doesn't take pl- place on campus. So that's why I like. I can share the. I'll try to find the person who tweeted it out. That's crazy because there are things. Things happen yeah. on that show that are far more scandalous than Janet's nipple. Like there, they are. Mm-hmm. There are underage kids actively drunk driving on that show. Like, it's a lot worse. But those parents had titty. to like sign off for it. I those think parents if, like, are bad. They've been at this. Yeah, I think if they'd been at the parents. school, it would have required like more consent. Yeah, so, you would have anyway, seen a ton of blurred whole... faces. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We yeah. need to go back to the old days where you know you had Ozzy Osbourne just mumbling at people. Those <laughs> yeah. were my kind of. <laughs> I like that. My kind of reality show. I fucking love that show. Oh, I, I watch it all day. Up. I bet if you watch it now, it does not hold up. Sure. It does. Okay. Was All right. Back to the fun facts about this movie. I got a few. Um, directed by Roger Cumble. I don't know if you recognize that name. You directed Just Friends as well. One of our other choices. Oh, um, that's, a, that's a very different tone than this. That's a wide yes. range. <laughs> very, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he also adapted uh, the like he wrote the script or like the screenplay did the adaptation. Yeah, yeah, it was he, written he, for he the screenplay. involvement by. in the yeah he had involvement in the sequels as well. If you want to hate on him for that, he was, uh, uh, I would. Any any listeners want to tell us about the sequels because none of us are going to watch them. That'd be no, great. not at all. Uh, I think I watched the TV show <laughs> Manchester Prep. I'm familiar with that name. So. Yeah. Okay. They just really take little parts of movies and make them into full shows. I love the CW. That's yeah. great. Manchester Prep. Um, producer Neil Moritz, who's produced, you name it. He, he produced like Fast and the Furious and all, all these other franchises. Also did The Skulls and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay. I just, I just, I saw that name. I'm like, that's awesome. That guy's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Fun fact about that. So, oh. Roger Cumble had this adaptation and really wanted to make it. And somehow it got to Neil Moritz, and he had just done, I know what you did last summer, and was able to convince Ryan and Sarah Michelle to agree to be in the movie, and they didn't have any funding. Like, no one had agreed to produce this film because no one, everybody was terrified of it. Like, they felt it was too adult. Well, yes. But they got them to agree to it with, like, no financing. Like, wow. Nice. No studio behind it. They were like, That's "Yeah, we're sway. in. This sounds great." That is sway. It did pretty good. Made a little bit of money. I think they did all right. Uh, yeah. My 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 guy Raj, he actually reviewed oh, this movie. Buddy. Um, three stars. Hey. What? What do you think about that? I know. Hey. Right? Oh, crazy. <laughs> what? Um, the opening line. I, I read it. I'm like, ugh. Uh, teenagers once went to the movies to see adults making love. Now adults go to the movies to see teenagers making love. Okay, Roger. Okay, you're a hey, Roger. So different I time. Different time. Like fine. It's a it's smart and merciless in the tradition of the original story, with privileged New York prep school students taking the place of jaded French aristocrats. Uh, he praised the chemistry between Ryan Phillippe and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Those were some good scenes where they would just talk to each other and be like, yeah, it's a good competition, okay. right? And then just kind of grind and touch each other in weird ways. Um, okay, I get that. The movie is at its best uh, in the scenes between Gellar and Phillippe who develop a convincing emotional charge and whose wickedness seems to work as a sexual stimulant. Okay, Raj, yeah, calm okay, down. So, so Roger just watched this and got horny himself. Like, yeah. I, I get yes. like this. Like, okay. It's a horny film. 
It's fucking yeah. gross, Raj, but at least I get where you're coming from. No yeah. pun And uh, I noticed a cameo that I hadn't noticed the previous time that I watched this. I don't oh, know if you yeah. guys saw this. When he pulls up to the building at the beginning and just leaves his car, there's a meter maid who walks up. Did you recognize this person? I don't think I did. No. Anybody? No. You guys ever listen to Howard Stern? Fred Norris played the oh, meter maid. Really? Who's Fred Norris? All right. He he was... he does like this the sound he's he's Howard Stern's sidekick. Yeah, since, he's not like, he's not 70s. Jackie and he's not um who was that lady that was Robin? Old? Robin, yeah, he's the other one. Robin, Robin Quivers. Yeah, not Robin, yeah. not Jackie the joke man Martling, the other guy. Yeah. Never. Wow. Uh, he's been in like two movies really? and this was one of them. I was like, that's fucking Fred from Pri- if you saw Weird. private parts. He 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 plays himself as a younger man, but yeah. he's clearly in his early 40s. It's it's pretty funny. Jesus. All right. All right. It's very New York. Uh, they they shot the very. movie in New York. He's a New York guy. They, they they were very big then, so I guess. Yeah, they were on top of me in, in terms of like scandalous stuff. That's where you'd go for scandalous shit back in the day. That certainly makes sense. Um, do we have any more fun facts before we get into this recap? Um, I can just do one quick one. Sure. Um, Katie Holmes read for the role of Annette. Obviously did not get it. Mm. Um, and Reese actually like helped rewrite the role to make it better. So mm. yeah, I can't see Katie Holmes in this role at all. I don't know who I would see in it, because um, it needs to be somebody that kind of has that air of innocence. And I feel like as we discussed earlier, we didn't really have a lot of ingenues who could play innocent still at this time. Uh, we corrupted the fuck out of them immediately. So like. I don't know. I, I, I'd like to see Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> that's kind of my go-to for somebody that's not been corrupted, but she would not yeah. be as good as Reese with her yeah. spoon. Um, let's jump into this recap here. Big Sis, where do you want to get started for us here? Well, you stole my kind of like kickoff line and discussion Uh-oh. point, but um, we talked about a little bit about this earlier, but I'm just like, back to your comment about these being teenagers and not like adults. It's like, I cannot even imagine I'm less concerned about the diabolical nature of these teens and like the manipulative craziness that they're doing, but like they're literally spending their entire free time devoted to manipulating other people, getting other people in bed or getting revenge. And I'm like, do you not have a hobby or like, homework or like a after school situation no, well, we, this is we, the summer the summer so this was not my summer or... was like... okay i was i was bu- very busy in the summer yeah also yeah well my thing is we never see like from what we can tell they don't have any friends we never see Catherine like reading cosmo yeah. with her buddy pacey's his friend pacey's his weed man his his weed man mm. who has the uh, greenest, weirdest looking weed I've ever seen in my life. Um, leafy. So we never see Sebastian like playing Madden, which I think in 1999, Madden or like, uh, he, uh, this was before Dreamcast came out. So yeah, like Madden 64 or some shit, maybe a 1080 snowboarding. We never see him doing any of that. These are just like full grown adults who happen to be in high school still. But like, even if they're not playing Madden, like they have a shit ton of money and can do, do anything. Do anything. Like, why are they not like voting, yachting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they could have been in the Hamptons. Yeah. Yes, do yeah. do something. We um, 
I, I do watch Real Housewives of New York, and I know those kids do stuff. Like, they, they, I don't know what they do. They're not, you know, fun kids, but they do some shit. They have friends. Like, yeah. we never see them with another teenager who's also just, like, a friend of theirs that's not selling them weed, basically. They're all on vacation abroad or something. I don't know. Constant. Yeah, constantly you know on, on vacation. They, they, you were right about the no friends thing, but they're bad people, so I kind of get it. Um, but but Catherine says that she's student body president and everyone loves her. So you think she'd have a friend. A mm-hmm. friend should have been around at some point. Well, mm. I think also, I think I had this like last time. I should stop saying that. I don't need to preface it. No. Um, <laughs> this whole movie took place in what, like five days? Like this is the one say, week where everybody's on vacation and they're so bored. So yeah, let's manipulate I, people. I don't know how much time this movie covers. At some point... You could say it was a week. You could say it was two months. I don't fucking know. We find, so at the picnic, they talk about how um, Cecile was invited to the Hamptons for the 4th of July. The movie ends, I would assume, during the school year because they're in their school uniforms at the chapel unless they just wear that to a funeral just because. But like, they don't do any kind of a good job of letting us know what kind of time has elapsed here this could have been three days. And the amount of planning that Catherine had to take to basically figure out that she was going to get in with Cecile's mom, like this had, like she's devoted her entire like months prior to this to like try to figure this out. Like this is not just like they're flipping the switch on July 4th and then doing that you know doing this for a few weeks can we talk about cecile's mom because hey i was like yeah <laughs> but he seems like a climber so well, she seems a weird climber megan we knew people uh that we danced with in high school whose mom oh, i know talking, exactly who you're talking about yep, yeah. i'm not gonna say names but we both know who we're talking about here who seemed overly devoted to like the social strata of the high school like who the popular kids are getting her daughter elevated up that ladder a little bit um i she was oddly invested in the social structure of this high school to the point that it's like do you go here too like i i feel like she might go here because she knows who the popular kids are she knows like the she knows a lot about uh sebastian's reputation like it's it's weird how invested she is in poor dumb cecile becoming popular yeah, the reveal that she writes the letters to Annette that has Annette on guard with Sebastian is when, when you mentioned it, like, that is very bizarre. But I think but, the rest of it of, like, knowing that Catherine is, like, most popular and um, maybe I spent too much time watching Gossip Girl. Like, I just think the whole world knows who Catherine is because they're getting their, their news from a blog devoted man, to her life. Listen, um, my dad yeah. thinks Tony and Bobby are the same person to this day. <laughs> Like he doesn't. He oh, literally, friends yeah. apart. So like, hey there, bony. Yeah, yeah hey there, bony. Bony. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's wait. It's Tony Oates and Eric who. Is yeah, what it I mean, is. I, I was in a band with Eric for many, many years. Like an oak tree, baby. I know who he is? Yeah. <laughs> like an oak tree. That's an inside joke. <laughs> we, we. He does not know who my friends are, and this woman is like, got like a full dossier on these kids. It's it's uncomfortable for me. Like, mm-hmm. I think she married into wealth. 
is like trying to learn some i don't know maybe she's an older kid i don't know i'm giving bunny the benefit of the doubt because i feel like it's not that long of a con i think she'd be easy to con like catherine like get in there real quick so i don't think she had to spend that much time buttering up so she feels like some kind of inadequacy and that's why she's kind of pushing yeah in all these different directions yeah okay Uh, and she's super bored she has like 12 housekeepers and like a servant for every Thing. Everything. Yeah. yeah she, doesn't, Everything. she lives a life of leisure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I like, I like this little, this little derail com- conversation because I do like Bunny, but she's one of the, my, one of my favorite characters in this movie, yeah. to be honest. Um, but I did want to hit on a few of the iconic moments um, and maybe just iconic for me, but um, <laughs> ha- have various different memories. So there's kind of the opening scene where the psychologist's office, and that's where we get introduced to um, Sebastian. Yes. And that is, that is wild. I mean, he, I mean, Why I, don't would you do want, that? Why? I don't know if we want to get into quoting quotables right away, but there's, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there's a line that he apparently repeats to all women, no matter how old, how young, what his Mm-mm. relationship with them is um and he says you're a very attractive woman you have killer legs i'd like to photograph you sometime and he says it in a very creepy voice and then tara reed calls her mom just as she leaves and says this guy put nudie photos of me on the internet and this is what he said Uh, look my, my the first note that i have my first note is the opening credits are giving me vertigo because it's, it's an overhead shot at 5,000 miles per hour and it goes on for like five fucking minutes. My mm-hmm. second note is Sebastian is probably a sexual predator. Like all the vibes probably. he's giving, well, definitely. But all the vibes he's giving off in this scene is like, oh, I'm a full on rapist. Like he he's unnecessarily creepy toward his therapist. He asks for a hug and then like will not let go. Um, talks about her legs. Like it's He's he's at one point fondling a picture of her daughter. Like, dude, get the fuck out of here. I I know we we said that uh, Preston from Can't Hardly Wait was Joe from You. I don't. I feel <laughs> like Sebastian is also <laughs> Joe from You, but like yeah. with money. <laughs> like he's rich Joe. But yeah. he doesn't like fall in love with anybody until then. So he's just more like pure cold blooded psychopath. Which I don't know who this guy is. And when he said the line of like your legs, I was like, he's planning this. Um, oh. I know we're not doing quote quotables, but it's the we'll one Tara Reed line. Okay, I'll save the Tara Reed line. We, we can, we can, yeah. we can you dive in. You want to officially announce it? You got to say the words. Me? Yes, you're the hostess. <laughs> you got to say the part, and then I'll put the sound in. <laughs> All right. Well, shall we dive into some potent quotables? what did you say thank you all right <laughs> thank you I, I said that earlier what do you think we're gonna do that's better let's uh which ones do you want to talk about I'm Big gonna go. Sis? <laughs> no i'm gonna go because i'm the one who made us do this sorry i couldn't get to my unmute <laughs> I thought, wait, I thought you needed me to say that so Dana could restate the one that she Doesn't said. Doesn't matter. Someone okay. talk. I'm just going to go. Somebody. So, my Tara Reed line, 
out of that scene. It's like her only, I think her funny line when she just says, mom, would you cut your cycle babble bullshit, mom? Oh, fantastic. Great. It's pretty great. good. Um, I, think, I think that's one of the best acting moments I've seen from her. It's, I think it's her, her best performance ever, perhaps. Um, yeah. Um, I also like uh, Sebastian later to Bun- when Bunny's there. He's, I think that's after she, Bunny and Cecile left. He goes, I didn't know it was asshole day at the Valmont house. And I oh thought that was a good one. Um, and then she my only other one is uh, Dr. King is my favorite. Uh, oh. <laughs> He's writing an opera. Yeah, I'm an Yo. opera based on the life of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Dr. King is my favorite oh, she's funny right she's just an idiot she's yeah. like, i laugh at her a lot but she was in a different movie than everybody else <laughs> like she did not know what this movie was about uh yeah i i liked her a whole whole lot but i'm like you're you're doing something no one else is doing and it's sad well because she was like 35 playing a 14 year old well they all yeah yeah true, accurate <laughs> It reminds me, yeah. of, there's a story that Jeremy Renner, Jeremy Renner's an asshole, by the way. <laughs> like, he's a bad person. But there was an interview that he gave where everything he said came off like he was the biggest dick I've ever heard in my life. And it's one of those where it's like a sit-down interview at a restaurant, and the person that wrote it, like, gave details of, like, what he ordered and, like, how he acted the whole time. And one of the things he said was he has no idea what any of the movies he's been in are about, because he doesn't read, like, the whole script, just his lines. And then he uh. shows gives his lines and like doesn't know what he's doing he's a sides guy got it yes and that felt like what she was doing like, i don't know what you guys are doing i'm in a wacky ass comedy like i'm here for the laughs, laughs. Like, oh wait that's what this was the that actually time. makes that born the the jason Bourne movie that that, that yep. he did make, make like a lot of sense because it was fucking horse shit that was he acting was, was, was terrible he was doing press for that movie he's like yeah i don't know what the movie's about like i'm not yeah. i don't i don't know but i, I know my lines i play jason borny Right. Yeah. 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 Um, So I I got a couple lines here that I want to talk about um, that kind of dovetail off what I was saying before about them not being teens. These are not lines that any teenager would deliver. And then uh, I have a couple others that I might get to later on if if we want to get to those two. But there's a Sebastian line. And these are both early in the movie. We're setting the stage here. Sebastian says, I'm sick of sleeping with these insipid Manhattan debutantes. Nothing shocks them anymore. Motherfucker, you're 17. Why are you trying to shock people with your dick at this point? Like, be happy you're having any kind of sex. Stop trying to be, like, weird for the sake of shocking. Like, it's not just have regular-ass sex at this age. Have you had sex with Upper East Side debutantes? They might be terrible. They they could be terrible. But, you know... I'm I'm okay with him saying I'm sick of sleeping with them again. Weird at 17, but because nothing shocks him anymore, I imagine he's doing some weird shit. And they're like, "Yeah, I'm fine with this." Mm-hmm. At 17, like, just be happy you're getting some trim. Um, then the second one is when I get through with Cecile, she'll be the premier tramp of the New York area by Catherine. Mm-hmm. You are talking about a potentially brain damaged teenager. Like she's like what 15, 14, 15, like, 16. Let her live. <laughs> like the premier trap of the area. No, nope, I'm gonna ruin her. I've decided it's gonna happen. Okay. I mean, New York is a pretty big town, man. 
and of, of all the women in the whole city, she's going to be the one that everyone says is the top tramp. That's mm. she doesn't know what up and down are. Like she can't tell her left from her right. I'm pretty sure. And you're over here trying to ruin this poor lady. Like that. That's not okay. Um. Yeah, I had a couple that were kind of in the same vein. Um. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller, who I keep, I keep forgetting her name is Catherine. Catherine. She goes, I'm the Marsha fucking Brader of Brader? Brady You're of drunk. the Upper East. No. <laughs> I'm the Marsha fucking Brady of the Upper East Side, and sometimes I want to kill myself. Dark. Uh, dark. Um, and then this is interesting. I actually didn't really notice this until this watch that both Catherine and Annette say this line and it's like how it comes full circle at the end of the movie. She says, I know it seems trite, but sometimes when I feel like I can't go on, I turn to Jesus. And in the Mm -hmm. first line of this, Catherine goes and takes her cocaine spoon out of her cross and yeah, (laughs) takes a little sniff. And then at the end when Annette says this, it's when she's meeting Catherine for the first time, which is like a little bit of a mind fuck that you realize that they've never actually met, even though they're living in the same house. Um, and she knows that Catherine is this like crazy diabolical person. Cook yeah. 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 This sure doesn't taste like iced tea. God. It's from Long Island. So good. And I'm like, yeah, those those aren't because there's no iced tea in that. There's a little Coca-Cola, but just but pour every other alcohol you got. I'm like, oh geez. They are delicious. Jeez. Oh, Don't you get it? You're just a toy, um, Sebastian. A little toy I like to play with. Oh, oh. 17. There's that was the more... full Catherine heel turn. Dude, it was girl. I you, you you could see him just breaking into pieces. He yeah. he played it really well. He's just like, yep. I gave up everything because of my reputation. <laughs> and you, you're really just, you're going to do this right now. Okay. Uh, and then it, doesn't she also say, I don't know if she says before or after that, unfortunately. I don't fuck losers. Yes. Yeah. Right after that. She might as well pull out a steel chair and hit him over the head with it. Like, this is a full heel turn. Like, like nothing I've seen since Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, there, <laughs> there's, there's one more that speaks to the sign of the times which is like kind of crazy as Sebastian goes emails for geeks and pedophiles. Yeah. Yeah. Like his, his yeah. point is okay. Don't email the girl you have a crush on, but like not because geeks and pedophiles use it. That's not just, it's not the best way to communicate with the girl you have a crush on. Um, there is one line in here that I feel like we cannot talk about this film and just leave this one out. Uh, I have been looking at our stats lately, and I noticed that we are our, our listenership is overwhelmingly female. So I'm sorry, guys, but this is a line from Greg. Uh, oh. Yeah, you know which uh, one it is. I know. So I pulled up my dick and I shove it right in her face. <laughs> I'm standing there and I'm like, "What is this, Grandma with a birthday present? Suck at you, dumb bitch!" I'm like my God, Oof. like I know, I know that you are a gay man who is trying to masquerade as overly straight. But like, oh my God, like that's the Gregster. You're fucking up. That's not okay, man. Don't do that. Consent is sexy. That was rough. Yeah. Woof. Yeah, 
There's some other lines, but they lean very heavily into the problematic section. So I'm going to hold off on those. Yeah, we need a break. Yeah. Um, just checking the, a little time check. Some other scenes. I mean, this movie, I mean, there's a lot of scenes, but there's actually a lot of like places they come back to. So there's like the bedroom suite where they have a lot of the dialogue between Sebastian and Catherine. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming it's like a suite where their bedrooms come off of. Um, Cause otherwise I can't really figure out what that is. Yeah. Um, there's the pool scene in which Sebastian oh meets. Yeah. Um, let's, meets let's Annette. Let's live in that scene for a moment. You Fantastic. A well, yeah. <laughs> you just hang dong and be like, yep, this is what I'm, I'm going to do this. Take, take a look. After What's he fully shows her, turns around, lets him. So I can put my can you turn around? How dare you? Look, look, man. Why are you showing her everything? First and foremost, <laughs> why is he in Bran Stark's wheelchair when she walks into that fucking room? He is in an old I don't know. I was like, room. what's up, FDR? How you doing, man? You doing okay? He has polio. Secondly, um, yeah, so he... he uh, I need to ask our, our two uh, resident women if any of his bullshit... <laughs> well, you, you live here. If any of this bullshit would have worked for you guys, because like Annette knows that Sebastian is a big old piece of shit. Like we we establish right away she knows what he's doing. Hmm. He he's like, let's go for a swim. Sends her off to her room, which is probably several hundred yards away, as big as his house is. She has time to go to her room, change into her suit, probably pretty slowly. It didn't seem like she was in kind of a rush come back into the pool room and he's just butt naked in there at that point anyway i assume he's been like walking around fully nude for 10 minutes waiting for her to come back in i think he took a shower so steamy i think he came out of the shower he was like drying his ear like a... i don't know what he was doing but who takes a shower before swimming hey it's that's what it says sometimes he oh likes to clean God. he likes to be clean all the time even pre-swim yeah. oh I don't know. Waste of water, if you ask me. But hey, what's going on? To your question, oh god, I had a friend from high school or from college who said like she would just go for a swim in the pool in the summer instead of taking a shower. And I was oh. like, you're disgusting. <laughs> people, um, are, people are the best, man. People are the best. But <laughs> <laughs> to your original question, would this have on High School Me a thousand percent, a thousand? <laughs> Just a the thousand. butt naked dude by the he, kicking it. He he gave her a personalized like mm -hmm. backpack with her name on it. His it's probably designer. Sacked. That's beautiful. His hands That's a good start, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm not gonna totally judge. I'm just surprised. I mean, again, high school. High school, high school version hat. of me. Yeah. So, yeah. Gucci or Prada. It's a beautiful bag. <laughs> so you I just. You try to lower the defenses and then see what happens after that. My whole dick out in front of her. That's a wow. <sighs> that that was an escalation. That was an escalation. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. <laughs> and while we're while we're on the topic of the pool room, uh, we notice the dude only has like one and a half seduction moves. Like we see um, when he's in the therapist office, his his primary move is to become a big sad sack. Like he he. Mm -hmm. In the therapist's office, he actually sat and like bangs his head against the glass door a number of times over something. I'm not even sure what he was sad about there. Then he, when he gives um, Annette her bag and she's like, oh, you shouldn't have. He's like, oh, you hate it. You hate me. It sucks. 
I'm sad sack now. Like that's his primary move, which I'm like, I don't know why this is what you think is sexy, but that's that's a problem. And then he's his, gaslighting you and oh, negging no. you. It's yes, I was gonna like, say his secondary move is to neg. This dude loves negging a net all the time. He's manipulative. That's all it is. It's just a way to manipulate your man- emotions. He's like, that's all. It's not that these are his seduction moves. It's like this is the shit that works. These are tried true and tested formulas and why change it works i'm just like i forget what he says to her when she leaves the pool room she's like i'm not gonna fuck you because you're gross and she leaves he negs her on the way out of the room like (laughs) like, uh, what what is your problem dude stop he's a sociopath oh he is that he is that he and Catherine both uh yeah Speaking of Catherine, um, another key iconic moment is obviously the kissing scene in the park, which we addressed earlier. Was the two thousand? Was it two thousand award-winning kiss? I think so. Yeah, yeah. MTV Movie Awards. Yes. I have a question. Okay. About oh, so, I have a fact about that actually. Do you want to go with your fact first, and then it's just a pure <laughs> like, huh? This popped in my head when I was watching. <laughs> I'll go, go with first. your question. Okay. So, Catherine convinces Cecile to kiss her in the middle of Central Park because this is how girls learn how to kiss. Mm-hmm. How do boys learn how to kiss? Same way. Okay. <laughs> my, Go well, to my, Central Park with a boy, have a nice picnic, and just smooch. Brush his mm-hmm. hair first. And cut a papaya yep. in half mm-hmm. as part of, your, a part of your picnic, have a whole cartoon spread. My you got it. That scene, yeah. I thought we had the same question. We did not. My uh, question <laughs> in that scene was okay we established in this scene cecile has never kissed anybody so catherine is getting revenge on cecile for stealing her boyfriend court court has not done anything with cecile he has a crush on her like it's not yeah. like he left her because oh, i'm cheating on you with cecile it's like oh i like this other girl who's not you which yeah. again as a high school person happens all the fucking time that's yeah. what high school is she's never kissed court so why are you trying to like turn a girl who's never kissed anybody into the premier tramp of the entire new york area all five boroughs dude i can tell you when you have no other worries when you don't have to worry about paying bills or doing anything important (laughs) like that you get really vindictive about stupid shit i can tell you that that's what it seems like to me it's like say i got nothing else to do i'll just be pissed about this well she thinks court I thought it was cord, so like C O R D. Court, cord, like a tennis court. court. <laughs> You're totally right. Yeah. Um, but uh, she says that she's sick of getting dumped for these virginal girls, so she just assumes that court is left her because she's. Uh, I, I'm not. She is sex positive. Is how I'm going to describe it. Yeah. Um, so that's what she thinks it is. That's why she has to turn her into. Again, a much more sex positive girl. I'm not going to shame anybody. Um, but I think that's what it is. She just makes the assumption that he left her because Cecile is just more virginal or whatever. I guess. Which I don't, I don't, I mean. It brought she, up other questions for me. Why are so many dudes into Cecile? They gave us no reason for it. Buddy, I, I have no reason. Her brain don't work. She can't read and write. Like, I don't know why anybody... Like, Selma Blair is not an ugly girl. Um, yeah. It's not for me, but I get what other people are into it, her. It's not. It's well, not for her, me. Her, her, her whole look, she, she's not for me. Um, sure. That's not, that's not my type. But 
um, I understand why a lot of guys are into her physically. I feel like once you have a conversation with her, it's like, oh, oh no, like she needs to have on a helmet. Like she's not, she's not okay. Like something's wrong with her. But the, she, the, the way that she is functioning in this movie is so far below literally everyone else in the movie. Like somebody has to take her by the hand and go like, what's wrong? Like what, what happened to you? Something bad happened to you. I agree. And I was just horrified rewatching this, like again, a few months ago. And now I was just kind of like, it already soaked into my head, like I knew it was coming. So I just tried to not like look at her when she was, you know, on screen. Um, But I think it has a lot to do with the Upper East Side and like the money game and like her family has a shit ton of money and she could be very easily conned into a relationship or something in which like she would give away her money or her status or whatever it is. I mean, that's true. She's easily victimized. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. That is my answer. Just wow. like a sheltered upbringing, maybe? I don't, she's never been in a co-educational environment. My Lord. I know. That was a <laughs> Hold on, hold on. While we're in the picnic here, uh, I think we need to uh, reassess our base system. Because um, in this movie, yeah. kissing is yeah. first base. Hey, well, first tongue, base tongue, tongue kissing, massaging yeah. the other tongue with your tongue is first base. Really? Is that correct? Is it? I thought, I thought I thought I thought boobs were. First. I haven't recalibrated my faces in in, in in a while, so it may have changed recently. Here we are. Okay, okay. I, 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 I thought making out with somebody is just like stepping into the batter's box. Like you've no. you've, you've left the dugout. I thought first base was boobs, no. second base was hand stuff below the waist, then no. uh, third or a damp third, according to Dana, is mouth stuff, and then a home run is full on boning. <laughs> I that thought, is correct. Yeah, I thought That's heavy right. petting was first base. Making no. out is not, not a base, I didn't think. Kissing <laughs> is a base. So it's like, I think you have to, there's got to be tongue. So that's first base. <laughs> anything above the waist is second base. Third base is anything below the waist. And that's where mm. when you get mouths on it, that's where you get a damp third. Oh, and then... I think me and my sister here are are using the same base structure, and you and Dave <laughs> on the same structure. Kissing to uh, me is not first base. That's it is. It's what it said in the movie. Those are the yeah. rules. So that, that's your no. Rule. That's like yeah. That, yeah, exactly. That's getting into the batter's box. Yeah, getting into the batter's box is getting someone to go on a date with you. Like oh getting God, that what? opportunity. Yeah. To- getting on the. Yeah, that's no. that's that's yeah, that's you signing a pro contract. That's getting called yeah. up from the minors. That's, yeah. that's not a base. That's I amazing. like examining the entire baseball sex analogies. Fantastic. Yeah. This, yeah, this into is the batter's stuff. box. You've got someone there. Like that is like the date, the opportunity oh, to you know uh, yeah. having a so wonderful they, conversation over some Nishwa salad and yeah. so on and so <laughs> forth. <laughs> I would You're never running um, towards first base. Yeah, got it. You got to get in the box to hit the pitch. You got to get. You got to get in the box. Well, I feel like if you're in the, in the box, box. you've hit a home run. If you're in the box, uh, if, Again, if, if you're thinking about it that way, dirty listeners. man. Come on. All now. right, all right. Um, back to the back park. Back to the park. Not the ballpark, but the no. actual Central Park. Um, 
Yeah. So one last thing about that scene. I, I'm pretty sure I remember this from the last time was there was like a little bit of saliva like in the end of yeah in the end of that scene and it wasn't supposed to be there between the kiss but they thought it added a layer of like intrigue and I mean reality they kept it in yeah Yeah. and we're talking about it it. did I I I, I see saliva now I'm like oh gross we're all gonna die COVID it's a different time different time kissing with someone over here what are you doing (laughs) I know, just casually in the park. Yeah, it never happens. My God, um, six feet apart. That's what should yeah. be happening. <laughs> Stay on opposite Some sides of that picnic blanket. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do? You... Never mind. This is going to go into it. <laughs> never mind. Um, anyway, some other kind of key iconic scenes or moments. The driving in the car. So there's. Um, you mentioned this earlier, Crooks. Like the opening scene where he's just driving in the car. Um, then it hits on the turn. Um, that's when um, him and Reese are driving back from the, uh, what was it? The, the old folks home. The old folks home. Yeah, I was going to say funeral home, but that, that oh, was God. not correct. Oh, no. Not yeah. That's, that's yeah. later in the movie. That's probably next door. <laughs> the volunteer yeah. event that the aunt yes. can go to because she had theater tickets. Oh, whatever. Like, oh, oh my God. tickets oh, at also, the aunt is like the same age as people in that home, but okay, regardless. Those are her peers. Yeah. Um, so the driving in the car comes in the opening, the turn, and the closing. Um, yeah. And so I think there's like a very deep metaphor somewhere that I don't know. Um, the car but plays I will... like a central role in the movie. The, the car is yeah. part of their bet. Yeah, it's a um, long, also... narrow, like penis car. Yeah, makes yeah, a whole lot of it's... sense. A lot of penis, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's the kind of car no teenager needs to have. No teenager yeah. driving that kind of a car. And again, not to bring it back to Laguna Beach, those kids are driving like mid nineties Toyota pickup trucks and Mitsubishi SUVs and shit. Like no one has a practical say, a 50, cars. A fifty nine Jaguar Roadster. The fuck you gotta crash that so fast? Like yeah. no, that's not a car for a teen to drive. No, I I, I I thought it was. Yeah, I, I thought it was in interesting. I, I thought it was one of those sports cars you still had to shift because it was from the 50s, but Looks like it. that was the that was the first sports car Jaguar released with an automatic transmission. Oh, FYI. Okay. So so All his right. hand being free to hold her hand makes sense. Makes At first, sense. I'm like, no, he has to be shifted. Nope. That makes nope. some sense. Okay. Thank, thanks for validating that, Dave. I was worried. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very worried. Oh, my God. Uh, but I will say that the, like the the turn part where they're coming back from the, the old folks home that's when reese does her like weird faces that i'm mm. still freaked out about to this day and i don't think it's cute well she does her I... weird face over and over again uh, one uh, face yeah dana did it pretty good <laughs> she's got literally one face she keeps on doing and i'm just like i mean i you know vary your shop a little bit i i, I don't I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't get any of it. Like I don't. Why is it your go-to, Reese? Why did they go to the old folks' home at all? Why to go see this sugarman? <laughs> to go to the sugarman. How many faces should someone have? I don't. I don't have um, a ton. I've got. A, I've got. have got. You know, three or four. I'm not going to do them all now. This is an audio medium. But like, I. Right. I've got a number. We used to do in, in college. Um, shout out to Biddy who listens to our podcast. We used to do uh, ugly game face. We take a picture of us looking good, and then we do like a silly picture with like a weird face that we put on. There's one from my wedding. I think Big Sis, you're in it with a pretty sad, ugly face. You could not do it very well. No, I, I was bad at it. Yeah, you were bad at it. 
But like you have to have more. She did the same one over and over again. I'm like, it ain't hitting. Yeah, works. He was laughing. Mm. He became yeah. He became human in that moment. She made Uh, me laugh. Yeah. Seventeen all the time. Stop it! Stop it! I am not laughing. Stop it! A very serious. He is not. I'm Stop it! Stop it! Yeah. My God. Absolutely not. Um, all right. So a couple of other moments, I don't really want to like dwell on them too much. Um, although they will easily segue into problematic segments. Um, so the worst fight scene ever, uh, in the park at at the end. Oh, what? Dana? I haven't thought about this. I was raising your hand. Oh, I was raising my hand. I was going to let you finish. Um, (laughs) but I had a thought. I wrote it down this time. So... It just seemed weird that they're fighting literally next to traffic. And then she she falls into traffic and it seems like she's there for quite some time. And yet the cab can't stop in time to not hit her. I don't think he hit Sebastian all that hard, but he dies from his injuries. (laughs) Yeah. He rolled over the entire hood of the car. Like he he got hit pretty hard. He went no, it wasn't going that fast. The guy was slamming on his brakes. He wasn't going very fast. Maybe a broken arm, some ribs, but yeah. He's very wayfish and thin. He has no uh, meat uh, on his bones uh, uh, at all. Unless you're hitting the back of your head real hard on the back of that concrete. I yeah. don't see how you yeah. I don't he see how you die. Less blood on his face than the kid. Maybe tib fib fractures from the bumper, yeah, but very little blood on his face. We can, we can keep talking about injuries, but that's I just don't think you die. I don't yeah. think you die. Would it have been this is my alternative, which I think could have been better. Um, accidentally getting thrown off a building, like they're pushing their shut. Ah, I fall and I fall well, off a building. Yeah, but then you have to make an excuse and be up on a building. Is the thing. I, I'm they curious. live in high rises. There could be a balcony. There's like there's ways we could we could have gotten them on a bridge somehow. We could have made it work. It'd been better than that weird car situation. Well, a couple uh-huh. things. Number one, um, just make the car go faster. <laughs> like. Had that taxi go seventy miles per hour, I'm like really. Those taxis were fucking flying, man! Did you see how fast they were going? I thought they were going pretty fast. They were going, um, but but it, it was that taxi was at a full like full like slam on the brake stop, hits him. Also, but if it's Central Park, no taxi can possibly go that fast. Well, that's why they went to the street. <laughs> they but, were, but it's no, but like the streets around Central Park are like like traffic is at a gridlock. I've never been to New York. I'm thinking of Central Park is like the roads by there is the same as like Lakeshore. And like Lakeshore Drive, motherfuckers no. are 75. Like that's a highway. No. So like that's It's in the middle of the city I, and nobody's I, moving. I really think a lovely balcony. There's a confrontation. Reese tries to get in the way and, you some, can make and it then, I don't know why I made an explosion sound, but ah, yeah. I fall. He gets blown up apparently. Um, what I, a couple things number one i did feel a little bit bad but i like busted up laughing when sebastian hit by the car like it was it was, <laughs> it was oddly comedic for me in that moment to watch him get run the fuck over and then i kept on laughing because the cab driver stops the car and then never gets out like yeah random bystanders rush up to see if he's okay that cabbie is just sitting in the car like plotting his escape or something he never gets up to check on him at all and also, while we're on the fight scene, weird that all these like bystanders are just watching two teens fight in the street and like casually walking by. No one stops and like looks or stares. It's they New just York. don't give a shit. It's best yeah. to just keep it moving. It's eight yeah. in the morning. <laughs> everyone has everyone has business. Eight in the morning. 
people got that, yeah that doesn't involve me i don't yeah. need yeah. to get involved i gotta go I actually walk by and i even look at it huh? this is all yeah, fair no. this is all fair this all makes sense to me i yeah. was on the prize uh, right focus anyway i'm gonna like continue the, the conversation because i do uh, want to get to some two good segments at the end here yeah um but this like transitions obviously into the final church scene in which um, Catherine is giving the eulogy and where she gets basically burn booked or what's that book from? Yeah. The burn book. Yeah. yeah the burn book. Yeah. That was my um, yeah. Yeah. From girls. And so basically Sebastian has created this burn book essentially, or like the real story and um, Annette prints it out and it's all over and it's bound. You know, Catherine. <laughs> Catherine crumbles and Cecile passes it out all bound and Kinko's made a lot of money that day, man. Kinko's made a ton of money that day. Yeah, Unbelievable. Like a bandit with that. I a couple thoughts. Um, number one, bold for Catherine to be blowing rails in the bathroom before a eulogy. Like, I don't know if you want to get coked out of your gourd right before a eulogy. Um, but then it's her crutch. It's well, helps me cut. Helps me concentrate. It probably yeah. thinks you feel normal at this point. Woo. I Woo. I did love the slow motion shot of like all the kids looking up from the journal and like shaking their head at her at the same time, like really slowly. Yeah, and then right after that, like the headmaster comes out and also shakes his head at her. There's like a lot of head shaking. I thought that was like her a, dad. No, that that's Annette's dad. No, I thought like her dad comes out and grabs the cross. Oh, I guess that could have been her dad because they're back from their vacation, I guess. I I thought that was Annette's dad, the the headmaster of the school. Who knows? A a random adult comes out and judges her. Finally. Laugh a lot. But then also they published the whole journal. Wouldn't like a ton of other girls also be real pissed off that all their sexual details are just like spread to the whole school? Yeah. We don't go to Manchester. I guess that was a thick ass book. Oh, that yeah. wasn't they're, like they're just from the Upper East Side. They could they could go anywhere. I guess, anywhere. but not not Manchester. Not Manchester. No, yeah, they, no, they no, established no. early that like, I think I think Catherine tells uh, Cecile like everyone is fucking all the time. Just no one ever talks about it. So presumably, mm. like twenty or thirty girls who are shaking their heads are also like, oh yeah, this is me in here, but like how I lick buttholes and stuff. Like it just it just seems very reckless to put the whole thing yeah. out like that when you're targeting one person. This is written um, during my quiet time. It's written during the time after, you know, I God. come and we're we're supposed to sit quietly. Oh you my sit God. quietly. Again, you're seventeen. I Yeah. Post coitus at seventeen is like time to goof off and like laugh about shit. It's not time to like have some quiet reflection. Have some gummy bears out of here. Yeah, my girlfriend was sex time. preamble and even we were goofy after sex. Sebastian is a very advanced, sophisticated teen boy. Sociopath. So. Yeah, sociopath. Right. All right. Well, this is a great transition uh-huh. into uh, what's your problem? Everything? I, I don't know where to start. Really. The whole I'm going to start. Yeah, really. I'm going to start with a lighter-hearted one. Mm-hmm. So, um, Annette is from Kansas, which is established in that article. As are you. And they, no. And they were like, who could this be who have warned Annette about, you know, who I am? Sebastian was wondering. And he goes, ah, Greg is from Kansas City, so they must know each other. And it's like, nah, Kansas City is in Missouri, and mm. Kansas is a very large state. 
Look, I'm no expert. I'm pretty sure the population of Kansas City is 17 people. Confirm? Yeah. No. Kansas City, oh. Kansas, yeah. I mean, there's... Hey, yeah. There's like well, four cities in Kansas, right? Topeka, Lincoln, Park, Oh, Lincoln's Nebraska. I'm sorry. Kansas City, <laughs> Lawrence, and that's it, right? Yeah. The rest Lawrence of the state's the just nothing. Topeka, did you say that? Said I said Manhattan? Topeka. Manhattan? Oh, Manhattan, yeah. No, they well, live in no, Manhattan. That's in New there's, there's York. Also yeah. Manhattan. You're, 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 you're just wrong about that one. That that's one, where, that they one's little apple, little yeah, that's little where they live. Apple. Yeah, it's Little Apple. Anyway, so that's my like, haha. Let's get serious. Sneak into this moment, but uh, anything else anyone wants to bring up? Um, oh, yeah. Ooh. Um, so the casual homophobia in this movie isn't even casual, it's like malicious, it's out there. There's a lot. Um, for I think the first like real scene that we see of Catherine, she calls Sebastian a queer for keeping a journal, mm-hmm. and then she drops an f bomb about a Nets boyfriend for no reason at all, like. Mm-hmm. That was bizarre to me. Um, and then later on, we see there's a scene that I think is supposed to be funny. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a comedic scene where Greg is throwing out all of his gay stuff. Like, he throws out, like, his men's health magazines. And I think there's, like, a, I forget what CDs he throws out. Maybe, like, a disco? Donna Summer. Yeah, like a disco album. But then he keeps the Judy Garland CD, which, like, oh, all right. Um you know, and then the entire portrayal of Josh Jackson's character, his acting choices, I mean, the, he's very arch. He is also in a different movie. He and Cecile are in the same movie here. He All he's missing is the lisp to be like an over-the-top gay character. He's, um, I'm going to make... He's selling drugs, so that's <sighs> like a departure. Yes, oh. he's selling drugs and not like pills, which they could have made him sell pills. No, and uh, and Sebastian when he's in the room with uh, what's the Josh Jackson character's name? I, I forgot. Blaine. 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 Um, I was gonna say Blaine. He drops a he drops an f bomb about somebody else, but he's like, yeah. no offense, because he doesn't want to offend him. He's this guy's acceptable. Everyone else who's like that though, yeah, let I'm my ridicule friend, mercilessly. Let my white friend use the n word in front of me. No offense. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna have to fight now. Like, we're yeah, this fight. I'm gonna win it with the fight now. Right. Right. My God. Speaking of which, um, apparently being in an interracial relationship is worse than like drugs at Manchester. Like it's that cello lesson, man. That cello playing. That cello offensive to me. It was the first, the first two minutes of a Brazzers scene. (laughs) That's how (laughs) porno begins. Is that cello scene? Yeah. Uh, 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 The the thing is, um, the Selma Blair, her playing cello badly was her i could tell she was really playing it was terrible she was supposed to be terrible but then somebody the sean patrick thomas character playing uh-huh. really well him trying to pretend he's playing really well was not even close i, I played cello for 10 years yeah and i'm looking at that i'm like can, can, can you try to move your fingers a, a little bit no no it was nope. some of those beautiful cello playing i i'd ever heard i'm like just take a couple more minutes Figure that part out, but but get get back to the other stuff. I said to talk about the cello stuff. I get it. I, when when someone's playing like fake bass on a on a TV show, I'm like, oh, <sighs> I don't know what you're doing, but it's pissing me off. Um, yeah, the, I think the part about this whole the the whole scene with the cello that bothered me the most was when he leaves the house after you know the racist encounter with the most obvious racist kitty. He bunny. Pro- bunny, bunny, whatever. I got you off the bunny. Yeah, I got you off the <laughs> I got you. 
Bitch, I'm rich too. Like I'm, I play Diddy, Bunny, Muffy at the club. I live at 59 in Park. Yeah, but then <laughs> as he's walking out of the house, he yells out like very triumphantly, "The black man is gone. The black man is gone." Uh, in that moment, yeah. In black that moment, I'm like, okay, so there were zero black people involved in the writing of this movie. Oh. Um, having been that age and had a racist encounter with um, the father of my girlfriend. I wasn't like proudly proclaiming anything leaving that house. I was like broken. Like, I'm like, oh God, like this is terrible. So for him to like make that into like his triumphant moment, like, yeah, because you don't know any black people. Like you haven't consulted anybody about how this moment would feel to him. Like mm-hmm. at all. This was rough. Question though. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not totally discounting this, but how old is Ronald? Between 17 and 48. <laughs> Okay. Look, that's the best right. we can that's all what do. I thought yeah. as well. He's pre Juilliard, so like presumably he's about their age, but like I don't know. We don't. But like we don't he know. lives by himself and he Maybe. has a job. Does he live by himself? Like yeah. we we don't see his house. We just know that he's able to sleep over wherever he feels like it, whenever he wants to. Apparently. We but see him in his bedroom. Yeah, a fourteen-year-old girl. Room? Oh, I guess that was his room that Cecile was in. With it's him. a room. We don't know. Where it wasn't her room. We've seen yeah. her room. It wasn't that one. So I guess, yeah, probably he does. It could have been his parents' house. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't, there are no parents in this except for Bunny, so I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very common theme in all the movies that we see. There's no parents around. Just no parents. Do whatever no the fuck you want. Coaches, you guys, do what you feel like. You can't high school would have been so much more fun. Right? I, my parents are great. Yeah. With, without your mom, yeah. I, I'm sorry if you're a listener, Mrs. Mills. You're great. Sorry. But in high school, she was not fun. Um... But back to the whole, like, there wasn't, like, one or two black kids in Manchester. Like, I've worked at a private school. You got to have some diversity. It just, not, like. Not a one. In, the, in that chapel at the, at the funeral, not one black face. There's, there's got to be one you'd let in on scholarship. I don't know. Think. It's just. They're not asking you them to have pay. a running back at least, right? Yes. There's. Someone Damn. needs to shoot the basketball. I don't know. It's Man- <laughs> Manchester oh, looking like old, now. It's looking like old Miss in the '60s. What's going on? Yes. How dare yeah. you? Yes. Um. Yeah. Also, some of the other, like, like obvious. Margarita is the name of the cleaning lady. Oh my god. Um, yeah. Miley is the name of like, I don't know the hand servant i'm not exactly sure what she does but she gets blamed for a lot of things and she's always in like her asian garb they don't even like let Mm -hmm. her dress in regular like a sweats (laughs) like she's over here in like a full-on miss saigon get up yeah it's not great no um i mean this is kind of funny but kind of problematic very problematic (laughs) Um, when he's actually in the old folks' home and, um, you know, hanging out with Mrs. Sugarman, and he's sitting there doing a crossword puzzle because she has Alzheimer's and can't remember and keeps telling her, oh, don't you remember? We played three games of backgammon and you won every one. Just play backgammon with her, ma'am. Like, it's not that hard. Like, Just play doing a crossword is not, like, that much more exciting. Like, it's not fun. You could probably do the crossword with Mrs. Sugarman. Like, it's not Doing backgammon. <laughs> Yeah, like, ugh, yeah, not yeah, great. yeah, not good, not good at all. Um, I guess we've kind of talked about the sexual politics of this, but um, it's not great, it's weird. Um, Sebastian's a horrible person because he does it to he does it to Cecile too, 
where uh, she's really worried that she's going to get in trouble. And he's, she's like, I'll do anything or whatever. And he's like, a promise is a promise. And the way she goes, a promise is a promise. Oh my God. She's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> Mm. so uncomfortable like skin crawling i don't know why he's doing this it's not like he has any reason to want to hook up with her other than like i'm kind of bored i guess i'll do it but like to get a girl drunk af on long islands when she doesn't know there's booze in them then to like trick her into getting naked by you know talking about how it'd be super duper sexy to take all of her clothes off and then be like, oh, well, if you don't, like, hook up with me, I'm going to call your mom and rat you out. Like, he is a fucking predator. Like, he's awful. Yeah. Legit predator. Fucking <laughs> Joe from you over here for real. No, it's, it's why you get though. so many. Yeah, no, it's, it's why you get, so, you get so many of these uh, affluenza types. You're like, well, yeah. if, if I do get caught at some point, guess I'm going to get the best attorneys and I will probably walk. Yes, so he is Brock Turner version 0.5 and fuck yeah. Brock Turner. Yeah. He's living that Brock Turner life. You got that? Yeah, right. for real. I just wanted to clarify that I meant it's different where like Joe thinks he loves yes. whatever the hell her name is. So like it's uh, well, a little different. Beck. 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 Beck's Beck I was like Guinevere. So that's a real name. Guinevere. I, for, I forget the second, the second season girl from um, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. But that's all her. like. They're both psychos. Yeah. This <laughs> that's dude, a real like, love story. Full-on creep, uh, yeah, gross person. Beck, it's it's wild. Joe is just uh, very. He's the had a tough life. He like he loves these girls. <laughs> he has so had a tough life. That's a accurate. Bit Back to this movie. <laughs> yeah. so, the, one, the one thing I will say is there was a, a little bit of an addressing of the devil standard of sex. So, yes. which, like, sex positive is exactly the right word, Dana. Like. Not only was he gross, but she, I mean, she was also gross, but also she like used sex to like basically, you know, power over him. So actually that was like of the problematic moments, the most redeeming one. I mean, that monologue that she gave was like that, that feminist sex positive monologue would like fit in right now. I feel like if someone was to deliver that after being like slut shamed for something. The problem was that they had it delivered by like bootleg Criola Deville over here. Like it's <laughs> being delivered by like the most awful person in the movie yeah. who has been shown to be a monster the entire time. So I feel like in context of the movie, it's like, oh no, no, like it's a bad girl thing to also enjoy sex. Like it's a, it's bad. You need to be like Cecile who doesn't know what a dick is if you want to be a good person. The, the speech was good. The monologue was good and like timely and legit. But to have it delivered by her was like, well, all right, I see where you're trying to position her at. It's not all right. I think I read some reviews that they were like the first anti-heroes for that was like, because you're like, you're meant to root for them and they are awful people. That's mm. probably, I haven't, I haven't given it a whole lot of thought, but well, and I didn't, I didn't root for them, but oh. I, I could see that though. I, I'm trying to think of who would have been before this and it's Mm-mm. Stifler. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. That is after, after this. this. Yeah. Uh, it could be. Yeah. I, I think this is like kind of breakthrough in that way, I guess. Um, all right. So we have a few minutes left. We can either touch on some of the music or we can dive in a little bit more into Love at First Semester. And this is a, this is a love story. We have to love at first semester. Got all it. right. 
Yeah. All right. So there, there's a few. Sebastian happens to be in a few of these. Um, you have Sebastian and Catherine, who are stepbrother God. and stepsister. Before their time. Yeah. Before oh, their time, yep. like I said. <laughs> um, you have Sebastian and Annette, who is basically the sex fiend and the virgin. Uh-huh. Um, you have Sebastian and Cecile, which I just don't get it. Can't can't I can't wrap my head around it. Nope. nope. Uh, and then you have Cecile and Ronald, <laughs> which I also can't wrap my head around. You got a, and a then, cello a cello genius and a brain a, a traumatic brain injury survivor. And then I didn't write this down, but then Catherine and Ronald. Yeah, just again, for, fun. for no reason, just okay. just because she wanted some dick, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. So. Sebastian and Catherine, um, I, I, I don't understand what he's doing. Like, I've never had a stepsister, but I, as we've addressed, I have been a horny teenage boy before. And I can confidently say, like, I would have permanently given up trying to hook up with her a long time before this movie started. Like, I'm for sure not, like, letting her routinely just grab my dick on grind on me and stuff and be like, psych, not going to happen. Yeah. Like that happens one time. And it's like, okay, that's, that's enough of this. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I had a friend from college uh, who was like known for doing this. I forget what we used to call her, but like her move was to like seduce a dude. Seduce um, your brother? Well, no, What's no, going no, on? No, no, no. Just a, a, a guy. It was okay. incestual. This was this was um, a girl who went to the University of Illinois, so she was like part of that whole crew that Megan, I know you're familiar with, and she would routinely like really over the top seduce a dude to come back home with her, and then make out, and then like roll over and go to sleep. And I'm like, that happens once. <laughs> that you know what? And I'm not judging her for it. Like, do your if that's what you're into. You want to make out a little bit and have somebody walk you home. That's fine. If I'm the guy, I'm not going to be like, I think this is really the time, guys. Like, no, you've been down this road before. It's not going to happen. I don't get why Sebastian was like, oof, I, one of these days, it's really going to happen. You are Charlie Brown in the football, man. Like, stop. Move on from your sister. I thought at this point, though, it had been established that the bet was on. And maybe that's why. I don't believe her ass. (laughs) Like, I don't don't Hmm. buy it. And also, the bet was only the bet because he wasn't down until she was like, you can put it in my butt. <laughs> that's, that's what made this bet work. And I'm like, stop. I'm guessing it's more, I guess it's just a different, uh, he has, um, She's kind of like on the top of she's she here's Mount Everest, right? She's like on the very top and he's just kind of he's kind of mountaineering his way up with his various other conquests. I guess. And she and, and, and she's at the very top. He's kind of stuck at like he's he's like halfway up from base camp and he's just kind of making his way up there. He's like, eventually I'll get there oh. with my stepsister, because that's something that excites me for some reason. Oh. Um, it's like the most forbidden thing. So that's no. why I think he gets about it because he's like fucked up. <laughs> it is as the Germans say. It is verboten, which is it's like, verboten. Uh, it's verboten. It's not good. 
no, I don't. I don't condone any of this. Um, and whenever they, whenever they, they got together, like she would either like sit on his lap, or they'd be like right next to each other and get right up in each other's faces. Yeah. So he had his hand and, in her shirt at one point. And she had her and, hand on his dick for a long time. I'm starting to think that maybe before this movie, <laughs> this had been like building up. Maybe that's what I'm saying. They, they've been, been doing years. this for a long time. Yeah, for been doing years. it for a long time. Maybe even before their parents got together. Perhaps. And then they got together, and it got okay. super even dirtier. Perhaps like blue balls is not a real thing, but whatever the the real version of that, like you have to understand, she's playing with you, man. Like, yeah, do something else. It's not going to happen. Ugh. Um. Sebastian and Cecile. Yeah. Again, I don't get it. I don't know why he's doing this to her. <laughs> I think it was part of his like he, man. he had some kind of grand plan. It's like, well, if I do this, maybe this will make that happen, and that'll make this happen, and it'll all be part of me eventually, you know, getting to Annette or I Catherine. Need, I need to know why she was in his room in the first place that night. <laughs> like, I don't well, know. Well, to give her to Island. give her the opportunity to write a letter back to Ronald. Well, sure, but you would yeah. go to you would go to uh, uh, Catherine's room for that. You would think. No, because and part her of the, the deal was he was supposed to um, make her look like the most premier slut. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. And also, her, her 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 mom hates his guts, so she, so yeah. he couldn't go anywhere yeah. near their house. Yeah, and that's why he's doing uh, it because Bunny ratted him out to Annette. Okay. So that's why he's doing it. I guess that makes some sense. It's fucking. But these worse. adults and children just have these relationships, or you got to take revenge on one another all the time. Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. And after sex, he has a big bowl of maraschino cherries right next to his bed. What the fuck is that? Diabetes. So, yeah. Not all right. And so, cancer. There's so many carcinogens in them yeah. shits, but yeah. Don't eat mm. those. Don't eat those. Mm. I, uh, Sebastian and Annette. Um, I think that's like the one that we're supposed to care about the most. But watching it, and I'm gonna make one last and final Laguna Beach reference. This is LC and Jason. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm, I'm like, why can't you see through? Jason? Yeah, which Jason is like the piece of shit dude. Uh, he, oh God. Not Steven. No, no, no. Steven is like, Steven is Sebastian, a sad sack loser. Jason is, he's like the bad boy of Laguna Beach. And he, he has been through like every girl in this crew, basically. Oh, except yeah, LC. Okay. Yeah. And then eventually he shows interest in her and she's like, well, I'm dumb all of a sudden. I'll fall for this stupid shit. And then he shows up in the hills too. And I'm just like, dude, he, they have a quick aside. They have a fashion show. He makes out with somebody else at the fashion show in front of her. <laughs> yeah, he's that dude. And I'm just like, dude, why are you falling for his bullshit? Annette, you know he's like full of shit. We established in the beginning, you know he's full of shit. Within 20 seconds of meeting you, he accuses you of being a lesbian and then negs you for being proud of your virginity at 16 or 17 years old. Like, I just am a constant sad sack. And he sad sacks at the pool. He sad sacks later on at the top of the escalator at the train station. He dumps her in like a really brutal way and then sad sacks at her door later on. Like the dude has two fucking moves and neither one of them should work. I'm very distracted by the Laguna Beach thing. Who's the other guy? So it's Jason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, is, is, uh, uh, what's his name? Is it Trevor? 
Is that the I don't know. I'll look it up. Sorry, the beach or the hills, because the hills was um, one of the well, Kardashians, like Rob, right? Uh, yes, Laguna Beach is like the, the prequel to the hills. Once LC leaves Laguna Beach with um, Heidi, they go to the hills, and that's like the next stage of her adult life. And so Jason look, follows her there. I'll just look it up. We, we can delete this. All so this is it. our announcement that we're going to be doing a Laguna Beach on the Hills podcast next. Never seen a single episode. Can't wait. Oh You're my in for God. a treat, Dave. You're in for a treat. They're short. They're a half hour episode. Guys, I never got into a reality show, but I was hooked on this. It's good. Um, it's legit good. All right. So there's only three movies to me- or movies, music lines to mention. Um, songs? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, there's only three bullets that I want to mention under the musics. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two. Microphone check, one, two. Um, so there's the Praise You, where he's in his car at the very beginning, Fat Boy Slim. There's Colorblind by the Counting Crows. Hmm. Um, and then there's the ending, Bittersweet Symphony by the Verb. The verb, which is like probably the best song I could think of, because um, that ending. It's a good one. It's good. I I also I need to put some respect on the cardigans for Love Fool that plays in right. the pool. Like he plays uh, Beethoven's Fifth loud as shit in the pool and in yeah. her bedroom. I don't think it was Beethoven's in. Fifth. Oh, was that the Fifth? I thought it was. He, he plays loud ass orchestra music. Um, no, I thought I thought. Isn't that William Tell? I thought Beethoven's Fifth was. In any event, I don't know. actual songs with lyrics to just do classical? I don't know. The important part is he switches it to Love Fool by the Cardigans when she's like, I wish you'd play something else or whatever. Like, you know what? That. It's it's very on brand for the fuck boy that he is, but I love the bass line in that song. If you guys haven't listened to the bass line of Love Fool, that bass is getting down. It's fantastic. It's really good. Like it's walking all over that bass neck. That's our music segment for this week. There's one Amy Mann song, but I didn't realize there's an Amy Mann song to the end. It's like right before, uh, I think it's like after he dropped off the um, book to Annette's, where Annette's staying. It's the um, You Can Make a Killing. I didn't realize it was Amy Mann. It's pretty good. When he's sad sacking all over the town at that point. Yeah. I think when we did this the first time, I was reminded of how great Colorblind is. And it will sometimes just pop up on my Spotify and I'm just like, oh. It's pretty good. So good. No, I, I hated the Sebastian character. He's a bad guy, but he's just standing there like, well, can I, I apologize? Oh, you, Sebastian. And that song's <laughs> playing. I actually listened to that song earlier today. I'm like, yeah, y- you know what? It's a good song. It's yeah. Good choice. It's pretty good. good. Um, now, one of the things that we like to do on this pod is uh, take a look at kind of a minor character and see if this was the start of big things or the peak of their whole career. So it's time for an IMDB deep dive. Big sis, who are we diving on this week? Well, as we talked before the episode started, this was a hard one. Yeah. Like there were a lot of people that did a lot of things after this. Um, even some of the minor characters. Yeah. So I'm going to go with um, uh, May Lee 
Okay. Yeah, yep. I think we had her the first time too. <laughs> Did we? Hard to pick. I think so. It's hard to pick him for this movie. Oh gosh. Um, so she is an actress that was actually in more things than I remember, including apparently there was a TV movie version of this movie, which I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me. I need to know and what she channel played, that was on. Was that Cinemax? She played Maybe in this TV movie version of Cruel Intentions in 2016. Oh my God, that's kind of sad actually. Yeah, prior to that, um, she actually uh, was on Chopped as a contestant. What? Yeah. Cook stew? Yeah, in um, 2014 and then was in Dining Undressed, um, which is a like video short in 2010. Um, a few other things. So she started acting, it looks like, seriously, maybe in 1993. Um, Cruel Intentions is probably her first role that I, she was in Hey Arnold, actually. Oh. Is she, uh, As a voice? voice. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I don't really recognize any of these other shows or movies other than Judging mm. Amy. Mm-hmm. She was. Yeah, she was in one episode of Judging Amy. Um, apparently, there's a movie called The Princess of Nebraska that I'm not familiar with. Mm, and Lakeview Terrace. Lake Where Lake, is that? Uh, um, Samuel L. Jackson as the crazy cop. As a stalker, like, right? You, you are my neighbor. I don't like that you're my neighbor. Oh, I'm going to yeah. fuck up your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. She plays a nurse in that. There you go. Anyway, um, her real name is... Heathily. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I realized I didn't say it, and then I was like, "Oh, I probably should." But yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, um, <sighs> I was distracted because I was looking at the Cruel Intentions TV movie, and Sarah Michelle Gellar is in it. So as what? Catherine. Stop. Maybe it's just no. like fast, role. Maybe it's fast no. forward a few years. 15 oh. years. 15 years at the de- after the death of her brother, villainous Catherine seeks to manipulate her nephew Bash and gain control of the family business of Valmont. I'm sorry. How does she have a nephew? Uh, Sebastian <laughs> yep. has a kid. <laughs> That's not, what? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just telling you what I read on IMDb. Okay. We should we should watch these things that are launch pod at some point. And proper. Should, yeah, that's good. We should get around to that one. Um, Guys, I have to. I'm sorry. I have. I realized her bio is very sad. Um, oh no. Sad. Last I have week, to. Did she murder somebody? Well, she did not murder anybody. Well, she did not murder anyone. Um, she and her sisters lived in refugee camps in Hong Kong for mm. like several years um, before they were reunited with their father, and then they emigrated to California. She was actually a pre-med student um, when she wow. actually be- became her first role um, in the Heaven and Earth in, in 1993. Um, it was a casting call at San Jose State University. And then she has been in a couple of films and she actually passed away in 2017 from stomach cancer. Oh my God. 46. That's really sad. We need to get back to happy, fun deep dives. That's, that's too dark. I'm sorry. So, I did not read that part of the deep from dive. From here on out, happy, happy, fun time. Happy, deep fun, dives. Deep Should I redo it? 
no, it's fine. We're going to leave it in. There's seven people in the movie and six are famous. So it's mm. tough. Yeah. Um, but that does bring us to the end of the pod. And just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Uh, Greg is most likely to become a super anti-gay congressman and then come out of the closet a month after leaving office. Huh? Uh, what's that dude's name? Dave, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You have from Illinois? Yeah, he had the one that, who designed his office after Downton Abbey. The Downton Abbey themed, yes, and then he was uh, giving some guy an HJ at or yes. Oh fuck, I'll, I'll figure oh, out his yeah. name later on. Downstate Illinois too, and yep. I'm like, wow, you're he is oh Jesus, fuck, fuck that dude. Um, Blaine is most likely to post a throwback Thursday pic with the caption "Lay off the peroxide, Slim Shady." Ronald is most likely to receive a Tony Award for his composition work in Hamilton. I think he's for sure going to work on Hamilton. Cecile is most likely to be a friend of Catherine on The Real Housewives of New York City. And Catherine is most likely to have a seasons-long feud with Ramona on The Real Housewives of New York City because of something Cecile does at a charity function. She's for sure going to ruin that function somehow. Um, the next movie is my pick, and we are doing yet another Lost episode. Uh, it might be our last lost episode until we eventually have to do a hundred girls, um, which I'm not going to put us through this week. We're going to do it eventually. It's just not right now. Um, we are going to do Jawbreaker. Hooray! All right. it, it's, it's the All first, right. we, we, it's the first one we did for this pod. Um, I remember watching it and like, 30 seconds and I'm like this is exactly the kind of movie I had in mind for this podcast like I had never seen it before that um I was like barely aware of it but I fucking loved it and I have been looking forward to doing it again for a long time and I just my picks have like come up at times where we had other things that we had to do or didn't kind of fit into what we had in mind and so it's fucking time Rose McGowan uh we are doing Jawbreaker it's gonna be so much fucking fun Judy Greer I feel like we're on like a crime spree this the past yes, couple of weeks. We are. Sugar and spice. Yeah. Uh dead men on campus. This one, no, like well, murder. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think there's some crimes. Crip antisocial criminal like behavior. Vehicular yeah. manslaughter fraud. Yeah, jawbreaker. Um guys. That does it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, leave us a good review, and then follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RecappingGownPod, R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. You can also join our Facebook group, Recapping Gown Fan Club. Um, we've had a lot of fun in there the last couple of weeks, so be sure to pop in there. Uh, don't forget to get your reviews in before the end of the month. This is the last week to get your name put into the cowboy hat for a chance to get a custom caricature done by me. Um, so yeah, get those reviews in. And if you didn't like what you heard, to quote Catherine, what is going on? Don't you people have any fucking respect? <laughs> Take it easy, millennials. We will see you next week. <laughs>